Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. The rookie tournament has ended, and there may be a clearer picture of who has the strongest shot of making this team out of camp. Is there an answer to strengthening the right? Right at home. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to or welcome back to Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We are back to our weekly, I get, no, sorry, our daily programming here at Locked On Flames. And if you're new here, make sure that you're subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also free on YouTube as well. So subscribe, hit that notification bell, and make sure that you set it to all and not personalized. But today we are going to talk about uh, the rookie camp and certain players that are just appeared to be destined to make the roster right out of camp, or so we thought. But now, could there be a dark horse in the running to strengthen the right side? This is just a reminder that this hockey that was played, that is being played, uh, it does not matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's not like there's points up for grabs or there's, you know, playoff spots on the line or anything like that. It is just a rookie showcase. And what I gathered is that the Flames just have another stellar goaltender in Dustin Wolf. You, you know, you could do anything to make your team good. But I think if you went out and talked to any other AHL team out there, they would say, yeah, we would want Dustin Wolf on our team. Like, if they can make one change sort of deal. But it was the offense that fell flat and could not help their goaltender out. Where have we heard that story before? But it looks like the Flames dropped all the tilts um, based on their website. And, you know, it, it's just disappointing to see that because you hope that you can at least put up a fight, do something to make your make a, a statement, uh, especially as rookies. You know, you hope to go out there and kind of make uh, draw like you want to play to draw eyes on you. But they dropped the first game three to nothing to the Canucks, and then Jack Beck scored the only goal in a four to one loss of the Baby Battle of Alberta. And then they came around Monday afternoon to finally score some goals. They scored three. Chris uh, set off. Jacob Pelletier and Emilio, Emilio Pedersen uh, scored the three goals against the Jets. But it still was not enough because the Jets scored five. <laughs> it's not that this hockey doesn't matter. But also please remember that there's... I feel like preseason hockey is, again, a lot of players just getting that the rust off them, just 
you know, finding their groove again, even though they practice all summer and whatnot and do workouts, it's not the same as playing with your, your solidified team sort of deal, you know? So I think that it, it doesn't make sense to put a lot of weight into this because at the end of the day, we're not going to look back at the end of the season and say, it was that one game against the Canucks back in September in the rookie showcase that really hurt this team. Because it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And, you know, I think that obviously you want players to go out there and uh, put up a, not a fight, but put their best foot forward and show that they could make this team out of camp. But at the same time, they're not going to strain themselves. They know better than us what the projected lines are going to look like and especially what the camp invites look like. You you and I don't know unless you know, unless you're somehow more involved than the rest of us. But at this point in time, I don't think that the camp roster invites our public yet. So at the end of the day, you know, you just you really hope that there are players who don't take this personally if they don't make it to camp. And then if they don't make the team, I think that it uh, it's very easy to get it like a mixed kind of signal. And especially when you think you're going to make the team, I just, we don't want bruised egos. We don't want bad blood or anything like that. It's, it's too early in the season for it. And I don't think, I don't think we need to do it, but Coming up next, we are going to talk some more about the Calgary Wranglers and uh, kind of how having them in Calgary is easy to kind of fluctuate the roster a little bit. And who who's the dark horse right now that could make it out of camp? But before we do that, let me tell you about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all of the latest football leagues, football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening weekend matchup, which already happened. (laughs) So don't bet on those. They're already a thing of the past, but BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you have not already, please make sure to subscribe to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You know, you never want to miss a daily show, especially as the season revs up. I think it's going to be so much fun to start doing previews and game recaps. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, We haven't had uh, real hockey to talk about for quite some time, so it'll be nice to kind of jump back into things. Speaking of jumping into things, let's talk about the Wranglers. If you don't know, if you're new here, if you're a new Calgary fan, hey, what's up? Um, The AHL affiliate used to be in Stockton, California, the Stockton Heat. Then they moved to Calgary and are now the Calgary Wranglers. 
I think that this, you know, not that <laughs> it's like some sort of like bumpy transactional thing when players have to be, um, you know, a bumped up or down or things like that. But I think that it offers a much smoother process, kind of like with the uh, Providence Bruins and Boston Bruins only being 45 minutes away from each other. It's so much easier to for call-ups. And you don't have to worry about planes, international traveling, or anything like that. But I also think that this means a few things. Brett Ritchie and Michael Stone are more than likely signing contracts. Um, and I'm going to assume that they are okay with playing in the AHL. I think that they know um, at this point in their careers that they are very lucky to even be offered NHL contracts. So I think, it, you know, they understand that it has to be a two-way contract. And with the team being quite literally right there, it's it's going to be much easier for these transactions to happen. And, you know, I think that it's just, again, an ego thing. You can't let this stuff get to you. It's part of the business. But something still needs to be done about the, like, a 10 million defensemen the <laughs> Flames have under contract. Um, you know, Nils Lundqvist ended up getting traded for a first round pick, which I think is a complete overpay from New York to Dallas. And I think if Valimaki gets traded, then the Flames would be very lucky to, I'm just saying Valimaki as if I know that he's on the move, but that's just kind of the assumption. I would say that you'd probably get like a third or maybe a third if you're lucky and then you're probably going to get like a six round pick for him because that is just one of the realities of, you know, trading a defenseman that <laughs> has not produced, has not done anything in his time in the NHL or the AHL. And I, we have stockpiled defensemen. It is time to let other people have them. <laughs> but Another thing is that there are plenty of players along the left side. We have stockpiled a good amount of lefties in the AHL, and it is time for us to, to move the next ones to the top if there's room. Or look for some of those, those right-handed shots that could absolutely be of good use in the NHL. And it's time, again... You push those players to the top. You do what you need to do. And don't, this is my thing. I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, like just, just have them play out of position. Okay. I think that that is a, a very quote unquote easy solution here. But I also want you to remember that that's a lot harder to, to do than it, like it's easier said than done. So I, it could do more harm than good. It absolutely could. You know, I think it, it can stunt a player's development. It can um, put them back. Uh, I think some regression would be only natural. You're not going to see their true talent when they've been playing on the left side for the last, I don't know, 14 years of their life. And, you know, 18, 19 year old. And then you say, hey, you're going to come in and play on your opposite wing and you're going to like it. I think that you're just kind of setting that player up for failure at that point. But 
I think, along with Salem, Salem also said this, but Walker Dewar could make the team out of camp. Only because, I'm only saying this, only saying this because um, he has a strong right shot and it's time to let someone from within make the jump. It is time. It is time to do that. If they are not going to trade for someone, then it just makes sense for them to promote someone from within. And if it's going to be someone, let it be someone who ha- already has that uh, that right-handed shot. Don't take someone who would need to adjust to that. Um, I think that he's a good guy for that fit. And, you know, he played one game in the NHL last year. I thought that he played more. I went to look at his stats and I was like, oh, he definitely played like three or four games. No, it was just one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he has NHL experience. He didn't have any points, but again, it's, it's one game. I don't think that you can expect that from everyone. I know some people are like, oh, they made their NHL debut and they didn't do anything. Okay, great. I'm sure that they were pooping bricks out there on the ice and they're also probably limited to like unlimited ice time. So let, let's be honest here. But, you know, Walker Dewar is a name to keep an eye out for. I think that he will absolutely be invited to training camp. I would not be shocked. I think that Daryl Sutter really likes him. He's a big kid, too. I think he's like 6'2". Um, and if you're looking to strengthen that right side, that seems like the easiest option to do, especially if you are going, I don't know, just with like cap restraints and whatnot. I think you have to think about it that way. But let let this underdog of a kid come out here and just prove prove himself. I would say prove everyone wrong, but I don't think anyone has like opinions on this kid yet. Um, but yeah, you know, you have to do what's best for the team. And like I said, if they're going to trade for someone, I feel like they would have done it by now. You know, bringing Sonny Milano in on a PTO is great. I think that he also strengthens this lineup as a whole, but you do need to figure out that right side a little bit. (laughs) Coming up next, we are going to talk about what it would mean for the team identity and then for this hypothetical player that is going to be making the jump to the NHL. Thank you all so much for tuning into Locked on Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and remember to subscribe to Locked on Flames, and make sure you're following me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. I think that this team finally has an identity. You know, like they had one last year as well. I think that they proved that they were underdogs and they kind of, you know, they looked good on paper. And then, you know, it's their first full year with Daryl Sutter and a little scrappy Johnny Gaudreau goes out there and scores 40-something goals and la, la, la. Like, then, then the identity starts to fall apart as players depart. And that's okay. Because then you bring in players like Jonathan Huberdeau, Nazem Kadri, um, Sonny Milano. I, I don't think Sonny Milano really fits into this conversation just yet, but he does. He does. He absolutely does. Um, and then you have this mature roster of veterans, of winners, Jacob Markstrom said that this team is more mature 
and better. Chris Tanev said the same thing, and Daryl Sutter said it himself. So you have a good mix of age here as well. You have Dubé, who's still young. Dan Vladar, who's still young. I would assume Andrew Mangiacani's 26 years old, so he's kind of like in that weird in-between phase with um, – What's his name? Noah Hannafin, I think, and Oliver Shillington, too. Like, Rasmus Anderson. Like, there's a good group of guys who are still relatively young. Not that this is an old team, but I think that there's definitely, like, youth to this team as well as uh, veterans. I don't want to call them old because most of them are, like, close to my age, and I'm not old. But I think that having a good mix of youth and veterans is always a recipe for success because you have guys who come in who are hungry. They want to learn. They want to win. They want to do whatever it takes nine times out of 10. There's always going to be that outlier. That's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to do this. Well, I'm better than everyone else. I can do this with my eyes closed. No, they couldn't. But I think what's so like, encouraging to me is that there is such a good mix especially in the defensive group Mackenzie Weger is still young too and I think that he has been lost in this conversation because everyone was just so excited to see Huberto's name attached to the Matthew Kachuk trade and they don't know what Weger is uh, capable of so that's just something to think about as well I think you know adding a young player from the AHL could do wonders. You know, mixing them in, it gives gives them confidence. How many times do you look and see a player who's like in their rookie or sophomore season and they go out there and they look like a lost puppy dog because they have no team identity. They have no confidence. They have no identity in themselves as a player. Just saying, I think that this is, a, this especially the leadership group that this team has, it would be, excellent to bring someone in and have them learn from what's here and you know they could maybe even stay late for practice I don't know what the rules are and whatnot but I think anyone would agree that this this is a good bunch not just of you know players who can score and defend and block shots but of of guys who want to lead and to give the younger guys, like the intangibles, you know, you can't teach someone charisma, but you can, what's the word I'm looking for? You can, you know, inspire them to be that. And I think it's so important to have that atmosphere in a locker room. And I think it would be very important for any young player to be around that and to know like, okay, this is a really great locker room that I, have the potential to be a part of. I need to work harder. This is what I need to work on. And I think, oh, I think the hardest part is, is that there aren't many spots in this roster. There aren't many vacancies, which I mean, is also like a very good thing as well. But for these young guys who may feel stuck in the AHL, there isn't a lot of room. But like I said, Daryl Sutter is very much a what have you done for me lately kind of coach. 
and it's going to depend on the call-ups and what his players do. I I don't think he would ever scratch. You know, I mean, he did scratch Sean Monaghan last season, but that's because he was a that's a different story, but I don't I don't think he I think he would send Brett Ritchie down and call someone up over just scratching. I don't know. Regardless, you know, I think that there's going to be room for these players to kind of get in those fourth line minutes to get NHL experience. Uh, but I can just picture Daryl Sutter right now, like in his office doing a pyramid of AHL players the same way that Abby Lee Miller does or did on Dance Moms. At the top of the pyramid, you have Dustin Wolf, the Maddie of our group. And at the bottom of the pyramid, I don't know, um, the offense as a whole. But <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto, and I greatly appreciate you tuning in to our rookie camp recap. I am so happy to be here back for you guys Monday through Friday, every day of the week. It makes me so happy because being here means that hockey is, it's right under our nose. It's just about there. So stick around and I cannot wait to chat with you all this season.